So I Married a Cinephile uses clips, quotes, and songs in fair use as commentary for movie review, with no intention for monetary profit or gain. So please don't sue us, we're just having fun. Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie?! <laughs> I'm Ben Farmer, and I'm a cinephile. I'm Megan Carver, and I'm a cine newbie. We what? We back to one. We we watch. <laughs> if this were live, if this if this were on Broadway, yeah, we you couldn't do that. I over. couldn't. No, I couldn't do that no. over. That's for film. That's right. Uh, we watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them too. Welcome back to So I Married a Cinephile. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see our dog is going a little nuts back here. He, uh, he's, he's deciding to nest himself into the into couch. Into the back of the couch. Um, and has hidden himself. What is happening? We're just going to let this roll. We're just going to let this happen. And if you're watching the podcast, you should definitely go check out our YouTube Hi. channel to see Rocket be a weirdo. There we go. Are you better? Are you all fix now he rocket tends to get upset if we don't pay attention to yeah, him and then he'll start and then he'll start burrowing burrowing and nesting and... with all kinds of fury at any rate i think we have a first i think our watching of this play musical excuse me uh-huh is the first non-movie this is technically the first non-movie. Well, we kind of reviewed Moulin Rouge. Right, but that's but because we were comparing with the movie. With the movie. Right. Um, this is essentially the Hamilton movie that we were supposed to get. So if we, so for like another version of uh, Moulin Rouge, if we had seen In the Heights on Broadway and then we watched the In the Heights movie, we would Correct. do the same thing, but we just saw this on Broadway and now we're... Seeing right. it on TV because we're very on lucky. Broadway, but before we dig into that, how are you, Ben? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really glad that we got some time to take the three hours and watch uh, our our stage production this week, which was really nice. You did a lot of uh, manual labor this I week. I did. I was up in a up in a hayloft, um, and there's a, there was a lot of hay that I had to throw out of the back of a barn. Underneath this hay was a lot of cat shit that you couldn't see until you got rid of the hay, and you're like, oh, that's what I smell. Oh, that's what's up because here. Because I honestly thought it was me. You like, thought you smelled like cat poop? I didn't know if by exerting myself so hard that I had evacuated my bladder. Like, oh, I'm like, my did God. I pee my pants on accident? Because not only was I incredibly sweaty, I could smell urine in the air, oh, and you're like, no. that can't. That's not me, right? Is that me? Is that me? Well, and I'm also, too, really though, hard. if you're, like, really sweaty, you're right. like, is that sweat urine? Is that, right. And so I didn't want to, like, be around anybody else just in case it was me. And then once I got rid of all the hay, I'm like, oh, oh, I need a flathead shovel now because I got to scrape all this other. Anyway, oh so it was good hard labor. Um, I'm exhausted from it, but uh, it's nice to get time. out of the house. Yeah. Second time you were there today. Second today, time, uh, this week. This week. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, very nice family who owns this uh, barn close to here, but uh, yeah, New Hampshire summer, and it is our country's 244th birthday. Wow. As far as our Declaration of Independence. There you go. Fuck you, England, is essentially what I want to say. Apparently. Yeah. So if I come across a British person tomorrow, you're getting a punch in the face. I don't think we're going to find any British people just in, case. I'm in just, New Hampshire, but I, you're just putting the warning right, out. Right, right. Don't tread on me. Don't try and tax my tea. Nope. I'll throw you in the water. Right. Just like we did with all the tea. Right. You'll ocean. you'll grab them and say, "Hey, we're going on a picnic." Hey, what say, flavor oh, of tea brilliant. do you want to be before? That I sounds flip? lovely. And you go, "Yeah, get your tea bags. Let's go." And you put them in the car and you chat a little bit about like, "Oh yeah, national treasures mm. and oh yeah, Britain's amazing and wonderful London." Then you get to Sunapee, Sunapee Lake, and you go, "Just kidding, motherfucker!" And shove them <laughs> and into you the go. lake. And they go, "Why did you do this? This was so terrible." Me declare my independence. Yeah, and then you monarchy. leave him. 
so that's I mean interestingly enough I started watching Netflix as The Crown yeah so I I'm a little bit conflicted I suppose because The Crown's a really good show but I'm like tomorrow I just hate the British right apparently I mean it's just inherently what you have to do it's one day where I just don't want anything to do with did you know though that in those countries they actually have like American parties to make fun of us really yes oh they do like, like dress up like That's Uncle kind of Sam, oh. and they have like hot dogs. Well, we are and kind beer of pong, you know. And they like go around and like people lately have been dressing up like Donald Trump and being oh, sure. awful and things right. like that. Right. It's like it's a thing. I don't believe American Donald Trump parties. is like a representation of what America truly is. No, the show that we watched, however, yes. is absolutely a representation of it the American. Absolutely America, is. So, yeah. But I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, officially. Now full-time freelancer. Ayo. Woo! Are you scared? Um, yes. <laughs> like, I think that's why, because this morning I had to repaint my nails three times. Right. Because I kept, like, scratching them, and then I dropped a, a wine glass, and I was just all over the place. Just a mess. I'm just, and I was like, I couldn't figure out why, and Ben's like, I think you're just not quite sure what to do with yourself. Right. And it's like, I have never a been day, a full-time freelance before. Yeah, yeah. I've only ever been employed and unemployed. Like, there's not... <laughs> there's never been this gray There's never area. been this other gray area. It's a new venture for both of us. Dare so. I say that, that life is teaching both of us how to deal with a lot of gray. Yes, it is. Yes. When we've been raised in houses or households that taught us that life is black and white. Black and white. Yes or no. Right or wrong. Which is not true. There's a lot of this color. There's a bunch of gray. There's a lot of of that gray in there. There is. Uh, Yes. So that's been So congrats, Mazel. Very good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I knew about it. I'm just saying congrats to sound like a good person because our listeners need to hear that. Right. And uh, fitness has been good, too. Mm -hmm. I've... Oh... (laughs) My trainer, Melissa Foster, which if you want her contact info, I'm happy to provide it. She's helping me out with nutrition as well as weight training. And oh my God, (laughs) like some of the stuff that she has me doing is it's not difficult or complicated, but it's really hard. Like it's stuff that takes a lot of thought. And like, I've never done reverse lunges with this kind of thought before. So like, I feel stronger. I told uh, Melissa Farmer... I said, it's fun because when you get strong, you're like a kid on a playground again. You can jump around and do fun yeah, things. Yeah. When you're not strong, it's like that stuff is like, I'm going to fall and break my ass. Like. And Melissa Foster comes from um, definitely uh, a functional side of weightlifting. Yes. So they, you know, she teaches you how to not only get strong, but also how to do these moves properly. Yes, Even safely. if you only can do two reps, oh, yeah. they're going to look I would really rather good. you do like five really good reps versus 20 horrible right. reps because that's you're going to end up hurting yourself. It's like do one good push-up as opposed to 10 really crap. Yeah, reps. and two, she's like, let's, you know, take a look. Because I was like, I'm just not going to eat any carbs. She's like, you should eat more food. Yeah, you're not eating enough food. You need to eat more carbs. Right. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess. Um, so yeah, it's, um, things have been good. I'm feeling really solid and I feel like we're being given an opportunity. We're being given a shot at something. Like, like your one shot? Yeah. Like, are you going to, are you going to take that shot and put it in the trash? No, I don't think I'm going to throw it. You're not going to what? I didn't think you were going to say and put it in the trash. I didn't think you were going to go that far with it. Here we go. Are you going to take that opportunity and put it in the trash? No, I'm not going to throw away my shot. Why would you throw away your shot? Because this week, we, we watched, watched Hamilton! Hamilton! Wow. Wow. A first. A first, guys. We watched the recording yes. of the original New York Broadway cast. We, along with all Disney of the Plus. other theater nerds from high school, <sighs> sat down and watched... Hamilton. This was technically our second time yes. seeing Hamilton. A little bit of a backstory of our relationship with Hamilton, which is kind of unique. I thought you were just going to say relationship. I mean, it's a almost a relationship. About a relationship. It's almost a relationship. It's right up to the cusp of a relationship with Lin Manuel Miranda. It is. Just never got to what I would call the artistic first base. I don't know. I guess that's true. You know. So, long story short, okay. well, not to make a long story short, but our old apartment in New York, the one we recently left, right. Lynn lives, lives still 
right across the street. We've mentioned this several times. Right. So, so if you haven't him... heard any of our episodes before, Lin-Manuel Miranda was our neighbor. Yes, so we saw him multiple times. Yes. Uh, he really likes my Batman bathrobe. Yes. He thinks Rocket is very cute. I made a couple of very embarrassing uh, moments of myself in in moments of starstruck <laughs> yelling. Yes. Uh, Stuff like that. Go back to the episode where we review uh, Mary Poppins Returns yes. to hear about that story. Right. And he uh, 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 he was very nice to me and uh, about my Mary Poppins screener and how excited I was to watch it. Right. So he, he, uh, he joked around a little bit. But before that, anyways, um, actually this all starts out much earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, this goes back to 2016. No, this goes back before that. This goes back to me being in Forbidden Broadway. Right. Because Kurt Crowley, who is the assistant music director of Hamilton, yes. um, I was in Forbidden Broadway, and he was the music director of that. When right. we moved here to New York, we're not not here in New Hampshire. Right. We in moved 2015. To we New moved York to New in 2015. York. Um, we got standing room tickets from yes. Kurt, which was very nice like of the him. February after we moved there, so we're like yes. six months in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we went and saw Hamilton standing for, now I'm realizing, standing for Almost that for three hours. long but it God. didn't really feel that long. They also had a thing you could lean on. Yeah, so it wasn't like you're just standing. Right, which I appreciated that. Yeah, there's yeah. a little bar. You to couldn't stand really on. see up on the yeah, second level of no. the stage. We are if if it was if this the screen that you're seeing right now on YouTube, if that was the full picture, we we probably got that. Yeah, yeah. So watching it this time, we got to see all. You got to see cool all of stuff. it, and I'm like, oh, like almost everybody's on stage the entire oh time. Oh my gosh, yeah, because we were leads. just seeing people's feet, and we yeah. didn't know that like above they were doing all this cool movement. We just movement. assumed like nothing was happening up there. Yes, so exactly. Anyhow, so we we were able to see the show with the same cast that we watched tonight mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, which was really great. Um, brought back a lot of memories, but of course I caught a bunch of shit since four years ago, like right. new stuff that hit me. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was really great to kind of experience all of this again. Um, and so, uh, since we don't have really a plot breakdown per IMDb. We do actually. Hamilton just got put on IMDb. Uh, breakdown per IMDb for Hamilton. The real life of one of America's foremost founding fathers and first secretary of the treasury, Alexander Hamilton, filmed live on Broadway from the Richard Rogers Theater with the original Broadway cast. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's history, so, yeah. and I'm sure liberties were taken, Sure, but it's the story of not only Alexander Hamilton's life, but his role in what came to be the founding of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, history buffs will probably both love it and hate it, because again, I'm sure liberties were taken. Yeah. Uh, but it is, uh, how would you describe... The music. How would you describe it stylistically? I mean, because so, I feel like well, wait, I let's could try. let's really quickly go through the cast. Okay. Because I actually want to make sure that people know. Because I feel like a lot of times people will ask you, us, okay, you're actors, so do you do film or, or theater? And we say yes. Yes. Like it's it's not something where it's you need to do one or the other. You can do both. Yeah. And a lot of these actors are known for several different film projects as well as yes. several different Broadway projects. Including, of course, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who plays Alexander Hamilton. He did music, book, and lyrics for this show. He's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's on yeah, the he's... North Compass or whatever it is, the Golden Compass. He was on uh, the Oh Hello podcast Oh, he's recently. done tons of podcasts. Yeah, I mean, he's just, yeah. he, he works everywhere, and he's got a really great in with Disney, of course. Uh, listen to Mary Poppins Returns. Uh, Philippa Sue plays Eliza Hamilton. Uh, Philippa is married to Stephen Pasquale, who was right. in Bridges of Madison County on Broadway, right. who was also in Rescue Me, yes. which is one of my favorite shows. There's another one. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who plays Aaron Burr. Who I held the door open for at a coffee shop. <laughs> I was with my friend Monica, who is all about him, and I was like, do you know who we just walked past? And she's like, what is it? I'm like, why? Because you were going to do that. <laughs> I see we're going to flip. Yep. Uh, David Diggs uh, plays Lafayette. He was in Thomas Kimmy Jefferson. Schmidt. He was in Kimmy he Schmidt. He was in Unbreakable That's right. Kimmy Schmidt. That's right. And uh, kind of rounding it out, we have Chris Jackson playing uh, George Washington. Um, Chris Amazing. Jackson, I'm sure, has done a ton of television work. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, uh, he did the voice of the chief in Moana. Uh, and he was also in Afterlife. He's been on Bowl. Uh, yeah, a whole bunch of like, different stuff. Like, that's the and, thing. And, uh, of course, Jonathan Groff, who plays King George. Uh, 
Disney buffs would know Jonathan Groff Might from know the Frozen him, movies. Maybe uh, he's in a great series called Mindhunter, which I got screen tested for for season one. <laughs> just so want to throw that in there. Just want to throw that in there. Uh, uh, yeah, so just a super talented cast. Um, yeah. It was really surreal, like now, watching the show. Now, yeah. for the where it originated, and this is something that if you're watching and you know this answer and you want to comment it, please do because my phone doesn't have good reception down here. We're in the basement now. Um, it originated, it was workshopped and originated off-Broadway at the Public Theater mm. um, in, was it 2015? So no. It was 20... two, uh, Ooh, great question. Stafford, was... come, help us Stafford out. Help. Uh, I know you don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda all that much, but you know, you can figure this out. <laughs> I know you can figure this out. Um, at any rate, it, it started its journey, and this is actually something that he, Lin-Manuel Miranda, has said in interviews. Mm. He's like, if you want to make it rich and you want to do big, great things, don't write a musical. <laughs> it's a bad idea because, like, most of the, like, 70% of musicals that are written fail. Mm. <coughs> most of them don't do well. And he'd, before this, written in The Heights, but he wrote this and... Um, it was workshopped and then it was off Broadway and it was like another three years before it finally made it to Broadway. Wow. Like he's like, you will see stuff last for five to seven years in development. And all of a sudden people think that you're an overnight sensation. Thank you, Stafford. It was 2015. Thank you, oh, Stafford. Okay. So it started in 2015. So thinking about it, like from when it started to when it opened, can you imagine being involved with a project for that long? I like, mean, his roles especially, I mean, he came up with the entire thing. And yes. so he was he was just in it to win it from the beginning. Like yeah. he did music book and lyrics and played oh Alexander God. Hamilton. Like, like there's no what? way to not be connected to it. No. So Um and so effectively if you don't know Hamilton, we're gonna do a quick breakdown of the play for you. Mm. So we start out with Alexander Hamilton, who is which I loved this, by the way who is in, we're essentially starting him off where he's in the Caribbean. He's a kid. He has a really rough go of it. Horrible, horrible. Like, really rough go Life, of it. Yeah. His dad abandons him. His mom and him both get sick, and his mom dies. He goes to stay with his cousin, and his cousin commits suicide. Mm. So then he tries to make a life for himself, and people see how talented he is, so they raise money for him to be able to go to the United States. Right. So he comes to the United States, and then he meets... Um, New York specifically. New York specifically. Um, Where you he, can be a new man. You can be a new man. He meets Aaron Burr, mm. and they become kind of like acquaintances slash pals. Uh, kind of rivals. Yeah, kind of rivals, like frenemies. They like kind straight of up of each other. frenemies. Yeah. If you look up the definition of frenemies, it would be that and then the mean girls. Right. Um. So he comes, and I loved that at this beginning part, did you notice that he pitches his voice yeah. Way higher at the beginning. Like, He's like, so how'd you do it? How'd you graduate so fast? How'd you do that? Oh, I want to do that too. You know? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Linda, so I appreciated yeah, that. Because yeah. Lynn doesn't talk like that. No, no, really. So he pitched it up higher, which I really loved. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of meets up with some other friends. Um, yes. Lafayette, uh, Hercules Mulligan, and... Um, Lafayette. Lafayette? Yeah. Yeah, we said Lafayette, Her Hercules, uh, Mulligan, and, and Lawrence. Uh, I want to say Lawrence. It's John Lawrence. John Lawrence. I yeah. was about to say Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> um, see, I think that we should actually make the movies of the stuff that I mess up. <laughs> so we should do Braveheart made by Mel Brooks. By Mel Brooks. Like, that would just, uh. I would be great. Um, so he meets up with them, and they all have the same idea. It's 1776. Like, hey, this is kind of bullshit that we're being still managed by... Yeah, different I mean, country. I mean, America has been, you know, colonized clearly, uh, but they still hold England as sovereign, right. and England is like taxing without representation, of course, uh, specifically, you know, the tea. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to be angry about because they are citizens, technically, of an American nation, mm -hmm. but they're sovereign to England, who's three thousand miles away. Right. So there's still some cross the sea tyranny happening. Right. Uh, Yes, if that's redundant, I apologize. Well, it's, it's good to it's explain. History, you know. It's good yeah. to explain. Yeah, it's good to explain. So, um, so then they kind of all band together and start rapping, uh, and that's the <laughs> they show. They start a doo-wop group on the street corner, and <laughs> they go from there, and that's how our constitution um, is written. And uh, and then 
you know, they have, there's like lots of different ways that they want to move forward. Sure. Like they all want to utilize the war to be able to like get more money or yes. I don't know how that works. Like when you're in a war it back then when you were in a war and you came out on the other side, if you had like been in battle or were a general or whatever, was there a certain like stipend that you might have received or was I it think like, if you were, I think if you were educated, I think if you came from a, a if you were either educated or came from a well-to-do family, mm-hmm. if a war is coming, mm-hmm. then you want to be not only a part of that, but also a part of like, the, like you said, the room where it happens. Like right. You want you want to be somewhere significant so that you can obtain I status, see. fortune, and glory. So by all, being so, a part of that, he's getting the clout that he needs correct, to be succeed. Correct. Okay. To and succeed. I think all four of those guys kind of go about it in their own different right. way. Yes. Including Aaron Burr. Yes, yes, very much so. so. Um, Aaron Burr, if you have any relatives that are like, oh, I don't like to talk politics, that's Aaron Burr <laughs> in a person. <laughs> right. Like, it makes me furious. Yes, yes. Um, so then they... Uh, so they're all in the Revolutionary they're War. They're all in the Revolutionary War, which I <laughs> I loved all the choreography that was done for this movie. Holy shit. Like, it's, in, it's insane. It's, it's more, it's like a combination, uh, like, there's so many styles, I think. I there are. I wouldn't even dare to try and name them all. No, there's but it's ballet, also, like, for interpretive sure. dancing. There's lyrical, like, if... It was more interpretive to me than anything. Yeah. And you're right, like, there's all of those styles, but, mm-hmm. like, it, every single move, even if you watch the background actors and oh the ensemble, my God. every single move they make is actually commenting on what's happening on stage yes because there's no there are no spoken lines in this show and maybe that's something like if you've if you're not at all familiar with hamilton it is all it's a mix of uh hip-hop r&b singing uh, like musical theater musical singing theater singing mm-hmm. uh uh the i mean it's not it's not rap but like it's a it's a specific type of like lyrical poetry or like What's Lynn's show that he does? Like the the live one? Freestyle Love freestyle Supreme. Freestyle Love Supreme. So the, yes, it's 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 freestyle, it's, right? It's freestyle. That's what you would call yeah. it. Right. I'm the whitest man in America. I know, like so, our, every so... time I watch this show, I'm like, hey, I can audition for King George. That's it. And that's it. I can't be in this show, and that's fine. <laughs> there was actually recently an article that came out that was about uh white women and casting calls and mm. stuff like that. This woman's like, please stop showing up for shows that you know that there's not a role for you. Right. Like, right. don't show up for once on this island. Or, Fucking don't. Don't yeah. show up for Hamilton. Don't yeah. show up for In the Heights. Right. right. This is not for you. And, even and at like, the very end of that article, she's like, P.S. Hamilton still is not for you. Like, this is not, <laughs> it's not my show. Which raises a good question. And they actually asked him this, asked Lynn this on the Oh Hello podcast. Like, what happens when a school that is I don't dominantly white students... A high school wants to do Hamilton, but you know ninety percent of the student body is white. Like, what right. do you do? You know, like I, I kind of want to see I that. I don't just to no, see. No, I don't. What do you know how like? much of a fucking train wreck that would be? Like, not only a uh, are they not going to be good I, at I rapping. B, they're also awkward puppy teenagers. (laughs) So, like, all of the stylistic dancing and all of the work that goes into this and the artistry is going to be dumbed down by, like, 50%, if not more. No. I bet there's a lot of specifics that would have to hit. Yes. Or at least you you, you have to be, uh, your school has to have... I think this it would sort need of ratio. to be right. It's like the cast needs to be at least like seventy percent. I think non That's totally fair Absolutely in my opinion because fair. that is like the groundwork. That's like the DNA of this show. Yes, you know, and it's so like, much commentary about. Um, it, it, if you look at the entire cast, uh-huh. like it, it, it for starters, it was written. By Lynn, who was a native Puerto Rican, yes. if I'm not mistaken. He was born in Puerto Rico, or his parents are in Puerto Rico. They immigrated here. Okay. So okay. he's American. So he is But American. both of his parents are Puerto he Rican. He has a Puerto Rican heritage. Yeah, he grew up in Washington. Yeah, Heights. I mean, George Washington, uh, James Madison, Thomas Jefferson are all played by black actors yep. or actors of I think of there's races. like one black, or one, excuse me, one white girl in the whole show. And that's, anytime I've ever seen it, it's like there's one token white girl that's like, and she's just a dancer. Like, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Other than that, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, the cast but, is amazing. And, like, I remember, too, um, okay, we're getting, we're getting into Sorry. The, so um, they're all in the Revolutionary uh, War. They're in the Revolutionary War. Hamilton really wants to lead a battalion of men. He wants to prove himself right. on the battlefield. He's been hired by Washington to play Washington's secretary, essentially. Right. Because Hamilton is so smart. Washington's like, no, I need your brain. I need you here. 
like sending all of my correspondence, mm-hmm. getting everything out there, the organizational part. Mm-hmm. And they really hit the dramatic moments of the war like really well, especially when, you know, British ships pull into New York Harbor. Or like too, um, there were any time, and this is what I was going to say about the choreography, any time that there's like a reference to an explosion or things like that, like they would pick, they up, pick up props like and props like, and like do stuff where they would all go like, or like this. the eye of like, the hurricane scene where yeah. like stuff just like circling they around used the stage. They used their bodies and, and they used props and they use there's also the scenery. two different rounds yeah. on the stage. That one goes one direction. Another. So they yeah, utilized all of that to really comment on what was happening right. in the moment, whether it be like, you know, emotionally or whether it be physically. Yeah. And that happened too, like in the music. Like I remember when they're talking and he's like, see the blood and the shit spray. And like, there was one part where he's like, we've resorted to eating our own horses and you actually hear a whinny in the music. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, it's, there's so much that is I, done. I think they really tried to put you in the insanity of what it was oh to be in that God. world. Because yeah. if you really think about it, without the aid of the French, we were kind of like this rag, not, not, not ragtag, but well, it was yeah, all, we were. it was a lot of militia. We're it was all, it was fuck. a lot of like shoot and fall back, attack the British at night, steal right. whatever you can. Yep. Until our reinforcements from the front show up, and that's when the war kind of scrappy took a turn. and staunch as fuck. And like, Washington was, of course, amazing at leading uh, the Continental Army. Um, so Hamilton essentially he finally gets his chance. He right. finally gets his chance to lead, and it's the uh, is it Yorktown, the Battle of Yorktown? Yes, I where think it all, so. Where it all right. turns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's and of it's course, him and, and Lafayette. Him and that Lafayette do that. who yeah. uh, who kind of turned the tide of the war. Essentially. Yes. So and now um, that the war is over, yeah, we well, have our now, own. Wait. Before that, oh, though, okay. the other thing that he tries to do, which I can't tell, and I'm curious what other people think about this. In the story of the musical, they're talking about how if you marry a sister, one of the Schuyler sisters, you're immediately going to rise up in social status. Because their dad is a senator. Right. right. And so, the, like, one of the main things that Hamilton wants to do is marry a Schuyler sister and specifically goes to a party to try to woo one of them. Yes. And so he starts originally with Angelica, but then Angelica kind of passes him off to Eliza, who he ends up marrying. Correct. I'm trying to figure out, though, how genuine, in originality, I think if by this, this story, it seems like by the end, they were very much in love with one another. Yes. But in originality, was this just an attempt to try to like an advantageous attempt to get up in the the social ladder or was it that he was there he was just trying to find you know a a girl that was richer than him yeah you know as a way to elevate his status and then ended up like i like that was what i wasn't sure about all the time back then and people probably still do it a lot today Uh uh-huh so I don't know. Like, that that would be something I would have to, like, read up on or... And without having read the book, without having read the Hamilton book, do you think that Angelica and Hamilton actually had a thing going on? Because there are letters. No, physically, no. Physically, no. I bet that there was an emotional uh, relationship there. Okay. That was extramarital. Okay. Um, whether... I mean, it, it sounds like from the letters that were written, he definitely, like, intended it. Like, especially right. with the punctuation they talk about. Yes. My dearest, comma, comma Angelica. Angelica. So, yeah. Like, it, and he's, it sounds like Hamilton was smart enough to know uh, how to ma- maybe manipulate that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Because we find out that he's never satisfied. Right. So he's always trying to, like, satiate this and it's sort of interesting too being able monster. to see it this close up because when we saw it yeah. we didn't get to see their I mean not expression. only the second level but like the, oh the, their expression that, that close like we were able to like go up on stage after and meet the actors and everything but, but like during oh, the show were, since oh. they used steady cam and crane shots and dollies like, they shot this over three days yeah three like, different performances fuck cats this is what it should be right. when it comes to making a movie musical this is right. what it should be right I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. In the Heights is going to be amazing, as is West Side Story. At least it better fucking be, or I will be I furious. I think they're going to be two totally different. Totally different. Because it's Spielberg doing West Side Story. Yes. And Spielberg has very, has very much his own style. Yes, he does. Um, 
Is Lynn, Lynn directed yeah, in Lynn the directed Heights? Yeah, Lynn directed in the Heights. He, oh, okay, yeah. good for him. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. All right, so I think they're going to be two totally different yes. tones. But, uh, okay, so war is good. War is over. We're, we did it. Oh, shit, we have a country We have now. a country we to try to make. back England. Yes. King George is like, good luck. Right. Fuckers. Oh, my um, God, he did so much with that role. Yeah. I would have loved to see Brian Darcy James in that role. Yeah, it was really cool to see John Garoff, because he had already left the show when they, when they filmed this. He specifically came back. Did he? Really? For three days to do what? this because they wanted the original New York Broadway cast. Yeah. And so he was like, "Yeah, of course, I'll do it." Um, it was really get, uh, great to not only like see him in the role, but like he had so many like not cowboy uh, close-ups, but they were all they like, were tight, all close up shots. in there. And he didn't do anything. No, like, it was all in his voice. Yep. You know, he was very still, except yep. when he started, like, moving his shoulders, and he had his scepter, and all that kind of stuff. So or, like, was... when he freaked out and was like, no, don't change oh, he's the got subject. Spit, like, falling oh my down God. his face. It was so great. Yes, like, that, like if you're going to do a drinking game with Hamilton, that needs to be one, yeah. when Jonathan Groff gets spit all over his oh, chin, because it, fan- it happens several times. It was so times. great to see, like, yeah. an actor. I was going to say, you were probably dream, like, yes. Like, when he does, like, outdoor Shakespeare, I'm like, good for you, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, like, uh, they start forming what is to be our government, our yes. three separate but equal branches, mm-hmm. writing the Constitution and the mm-hmm. Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Hamilton had some shitty ideas at the beginning, but, like, he, again, he was writing stuff like he was running out of time. Right. Um, he just spent all of his waking hours trying to get things passed and mm-hmm. form this government, mm-hmm. which we fought so hard for and shed so much blood for. Mm-hmm. And you also get a glimpse into his personal life, like his marriage to Eliza, mm-hmm. Um, he ends up having this extramarital affair, which is like tied into some blackmail at the same time. Yes. He uh, he's still sort of serving under Washington. I think he was trying to run for president, and then we find out about the affair that he was having. Right. He effectively was like considering it and wanted to potentially run for president, but right. then once Thomas Jefferson, the Reynolds found papers out... came out, then which the Reynolds papers, if again, if you haven't watched Hamilton and you're just listening to this, which what are you doing? Go watch <laughs> Hamilton and then listen Go to this right now. So. Um, but uh, when Eliza and Angelica go up for the summer, they mm-hmm. go upstate. Um, he is lonely, he is stressed, he runs into this woman who claims that she's like, oh, I need help. Right. I'm so She looks like a block away from them, I guess? Yeah. Which, I have to commend that actress, and I can't remember her name, um... She, because she also plays Peggy. She, yeah, she plays the third. And not only did right. she have like a physical transformation in terms of how she walked and how she behaved yes. when she was playing the two different characters, but her voice actually changed. Oh, yeah. Like her singing voice for Peggy was very sweet and like almost nasal, um, but her singing voice for um, what's the first name? Not Peggy, but yeah, Reynolds. Uh, the, oh, Miranda, uh, Miranda uh, Reynolds, uh, Mariah. Mariah. Mar- Mariah, Mariah as in Car- yeah okay uh Mariah Reynolds mm. she uh it was like sultry and like deep yeah it was totally different it and was that, that was that was another great part of the voice. show because in the first half you're really focused on meeting the characters in the Revolutionary War until the end of the Revolutionary mm-hmm. War. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the people who were playing you know uh those uh, who were playing Lafayette and those roles they actually change characters for the second half of the show yes. Um, so they're, uh, they're not off stage a whole lot. Like Aaron Burr no. stays Aaron Burr the whole time. Holy but shit. But I think only like four or five of the cast play the same role throughout. No, yeah. Like so they're you constantly have your moving. base costume yeah. and you change the accents of it yeah, to dictate yeah. whatever character you're playing. So we go through uh, a lot of the big personal momentous uh, times in Hamilton's life. Uh, it's weird. Like part, there's a part of me that doesn't want to spoil it, even though this story is 300 years old. Um, I, I feel like it's, it's really something to be experienced watching it, even on, uh, a TV screen because they do such a great job filming and getting the coverage. I mean, that's the other thing too. I really appreciated about the cinematography for this, which this is where film comes in is that not only, it wasn't just like, you know, filming your mom, filming you doing your ballet recital on an iPhone. It wasn't just of the stage. They did several shots in the auditorium, but then they also did them above. So you had like like a bird's eye view. view. You also had one behind. So it was actually from the back of the stage. So from the bird's eye 
of you when both revolves were going. Oh my um, god! Like, you know, some people were moving this way, some people were moving the opposite way. Uh, Thomas Kale directed this, who also directed it for the stage. Mm-hmm. He directed some episodes of Fosse Verdon. He also directed Grease Live in 2016. I can't remember so, if that was one that was acceptable. So he or not. directed I feel like this. He directed the filming of Hamilton, but he also directed what happened on stage. I so, see. Yeah. Okay. So they used the same guy for both, which I really appreciate. Um and uh, oh and also too. Um, no, I forgot. Oh, well, Wait. I was, I was going to ask Go. you what, um, oh, is, if right. there's something that stood out to you, was there a number that you feel like you heard differently, something you caught that you didn't before? Because I know you listen to the music a lot. I do. I don't. Right. Um, I, the last and time also, I... And also, too, I listened to it a lot before we went and saw it, and you didn't listen to it at right. all. Right. So, the first half of the show was super confusing. For me. Right, because um, you're like, what? What, like, what are they what, saying? What? 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 Slow what? down! <laughs> Speak normal, please! Can you get me my readers so I, I can catch up on the plot in my playbill? Did you know this was rap? <laughs> I do not no, I knew I knew it was. I knew it was lyrical, but um so yeah, was there anything different for you that you caught this time that um, like stood out to you? I Other think than like cinematography. The biggest like thing that stuck out to me, and this is something that I feel I struggle with as an actor, mm-hmm. when you are doing film acting versus theater acting, a mm-hmm. lot of times it can feel like the theater acting that you do is way too big for film. Yeah. And when you do stuff for film, it's way too little for theater because you're right. trying to get, you have to get the, back the back of the audience. Right. But in this, and I'm not sure if they adjusted for the the video camera, because I don't think they did, there was so much subtlety yeah, to their yeah. acting. Like, there was, um, there was, like, to call out one part when they're singing Dear Theodosia, um, and Burr is, they're both singing My Father Wasn't Around. He's straddled on a, a chair, or no, he's sitting on a chair, and he's just, like, playing with his wedding ring, and he's so thoughtful, and he's yeah. saying My Father Wasn't Around. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. just hit me in a different way. There's some really great moments that I think, you're right, those closer angles really helped yeah. shine a little bit more. And what they did, they actually filmed all the wide stuff one day. Mm-hmm. They came in on a Monday, which is technically their day off. And right. that's when they did, I believe that's when they did all of the steady cam and then the close-up close stuff. Yeah. So I think they actually had time to sort of mentally prepare. Mm-hmm. And I think these guys have played, you know, both sides in that they've done theater and All camera work. Yeah. So they sort of knew mm-hmm. as a, any good film actor, like when to like save it for your own coverage. Sure. Like don't blow it all when you're filming the other person. Right. Like if the camera were on you, I wouldn't use all my emotional power because no. we're getting your coverage. But, but even when it's on still, me, like the, the subtlety and the authenticity so, and the yeah. honesty and that's stuff that even when you're there and like when we were in literally the back row, you could feel it. Sure. Like we didn't need to be as close up as it is when this was filming yeah. to get that feeling in person, yeah. which yeah. I think that's why, again, people, a lot of people in our industry are worried if theater is going to make a comeback that during all the pandemic and everything, that that's the death of theater. And I absolutely disagree. That's I don't like, think so. That's like someone saying, I don't think concerts are going to happen again. No. Regardless, we'll have a vaccine someday. So yeah. post-vaccine, I imagine theater would more or less return to Absolutely. normal. Absolutely. Um, but until then, it might be a little bit dicey. Sure. Uh, but, but no, I don't think it's the death of theater. No. Plus, like, you have to ask yourself, like, what is theater? Is theater a collective experience of, like, hundreds of people sitting in a Broadway theater? Right. Or is it what we're doing right now? Yeah. Like, it, it, it all has to do with finding a venue and an avenue to tell your story. Right. Well, my friend David, who was, um, he handled sound for the Office musical parody, he had posted a really great point that's like, yes, it sucks that Broadway is stuck. We're, we're stuck until we have a vaccine, which then once the vaccine's available, we'll take time to implement. Yeah. But let's not let this go back to what it was before. Right. Of course, it's good to have Broadway theater, and of course, it's good to have that as a tourist attraction, but there's such incredible, amazing theater in the in the town that you live in. Yes. Let's take time to support that. Yeah. Let's take time to invest ourselves as actors and creatives in that. Yeah. Especially yeah. now, since a lot of us have had to move away from New York for the time being. Mm-hmm. So, I. but what it ultimately did, the biggest thing for me was thinking to myself... I actually don't need to change all that much yeah. between film and theater. Or if I do need to make a change, that's what the director is for. They will let me know Truly. if I need to make an adjustment. Truly. And so I think that that was the biggest thing that I just, I had all the feels, even though it was a film version, because it was all authentic. And what an opportunity for, I mean, 
not everyone got to see Hamilton when no. it was on stage because not only was it a hot ticket, it was an expensive one. Yeah. And we got very lucky because we knew someone who was on the production side. Right. Uh, so we were able to see it, but not everyone was able to. And what a great opportunity to not just see like some camcorder recording from the back of the house. Yes. You get super close to these actors. Which again, I really, and I know I've said this a bunch of times, I think this is the future of Broadway theater. I, sure I hope think so. that this is because I've actually worked on a website where that's something that they're focusing on. There's Broadway producers that are focusing on this. They want to make sure that they have a Broadway production, but they have a filmed version just like this that yeah. they can also monetize. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think in case. Yeah, I think it's a great idea yeah. and a great way for people who might not be able to see yeah. Hamilton. As producers, it more or less helps protect your investment, but also gets it out to a wider audience mm -hmm. because even though there were like, a, there were a ton of different tours going on right now. Mm -hmm. It would still be hard to see. Like yeah. it would still be a really oh, hot yeah. ticket. And so you know now everyone essentially in the world, mm -hmm. for the most part, because Disney's everywhere, uh, can hopefully experience this and be be a part of what I consider to be the musical of a generation. Mm -hmm. Like there is nothing that has come along like this, mm -hmm. and it would be super hard for something to make as as big of a cultural impact as this has had because it 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 resonates especially now in so many ways yeah. like like George Washington's goodbye was still oh my god George Washington's goodbye was hard to watch because we saw it the February after Trump was inaugurated and you cannot help but feel like oh that was Barack Obama saying goodbye and you you feel you feel the weight of that especially now mm -hmm. and i think it, it really gives you an appreciation for what I consider to be the genius of our founding fathers mm -hmm. and the system that we have because essentially anyone can run for president, clearly, but at the same time, the show is right. It teaches us to say goodbye. Yeah. Like, they have their four or their eight years, and now they have to pass it off to somebody else to well, see... Well, and also, too, I think that's, that's your a turn. big part of, like... You have no control over who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Even Burr is like, I am the only thing that I can control. Yeah. Which is true. So it's like your choices, your actions, and what you do at the end of the day is what will live on after you're gone. Right. So, like, yeah, just, ugh. It, it's, and, it's very weighty. It's very it weighty, is. especially now. Um, okay, so, and then also, too... Don't forget, Mike Pence went and saw this with his yes, daughters. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he went and saw it when um, Lynn was no longer in the show. But, right. oh, what was his name? I forget his name who replaced him. We're terrible, yeah. terrible fans of Hamilton to yes. not know this. <laughs> um, but he's an HIV-positive individual. And at the end of the show, they... Everybody in the audience booed Pence not, out. Uh, not everybody, but... A, lot, know, of a lot of people did. did. Um, and so they booed him out, but he apparently still was close enough to be able to hear the speech that was like, we hope you understand and see that this entire cast is made up of the same kind of people that founded our country. Yes. And we hope that you take lesson and learn from what we've shown here today. Well, not only that, like you said, this is an HIV positive individual. Mike Pence has yes. been one for Pray the Gay Away. Yes. He's a part of an administration that tried to take uh, basic human rights away from the LGBTQIA group. Yep. Uh, like it, it, Mike Pence is, it, I think Mike Pence believes he's a good person. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, like everyone. No, but it's like all the people that thought they were good people that were, uh, heading up and starting, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Sure. They yeah. were like, no, we're following the Bible. We're doing what we're supposed to. We're <laughs> right. going to fuck women to make babies. These, the, these themes of this story where history has its eye on you, you know, who, who's going to tell your story when you're gone um, there, there's, especially when you get to the, the latter half of the show, it, it, it veers away from like youthful ambition to right. like the weightiness of like your legacy yeah. and, and what and you so, leave behind. And no, yeah. So not to, again, cause we do want people to watch this. So not to spoil too much about what the show is, yeah. but at the end, of course, Hamilton passes away and, uh, well, he doesn't pass away. Well, he passes away from something. <laughs> He didn't die in his sleep. No. <laughs> it's not like he slipped away. No, he just fell. <laughs> he fell wow. into a puddle and never came back out yes. again. Wow. Just deep, Chance. deep puddle. <laughs> um, no, but so he is killed. Yes. Um, and Eliza survives him. Yes. Um, and does incredible things with the time that she is given. Yeah. 
Um, and I loved too that it, cause that's the thing too, that's hard as a woman watching this show is that there's so much, there's so many roles for men and there's so few for women, yeah. which is hard to see. Yeah. And I actually would love if there has been any information from Lin-Manuel Miranda about his thoughts on gender blind casting and mm. what that might look like. Yeah. I remember yeah. that there was a production of Jesus Christ Superstar that was done at my high school where they cast Jesus as a woman. Who? Uh, that did not fly. It was fine with the principal. It was fine with everybody hey, else. But as Jesus. soon as the Jesuits heard, they're like, um, the fuck? <laughs> uh, so I'm curious about that. Um, but at the end, uh, when Eliza, this is something I asked Ben and I asked my Aunt Elizabeth as well because she was watching it with us. When at the very end, she gasps and like starts to cry. What was that? Yes. So I'm curious what people thought that was. I've heard several different thoughts. It's it's interesting, like, how I think it hits people uniquely, you know, depending on the individual, I think. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's a combination of all of those things. It's a combination of, like, look at what we helped create. Uh-huh. I see... Uh, Heaven. The afterlife, heaven. I see my husband. I see my son. I see, you know, this woman had a very difficult life. Yes, she did. Uh, but she also she also accomplished and fought for a lot. Yes, she did. Um, so I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I wouldn't dream of asking Philippa Sue because I feel like it's... No, let's get her on the phone. Is it like, let's call her right now. Let's call her up. Um, because I think that's an actor's secret. I, I wouldn't give that away. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone asked me in an interview, if I was gasping and, like, people were like, oh, what did you think of? I'd be well, like, that's, yeah, that's like know. Jenna, when people ask Jenna Fisher what was actually in the note in the teapot and she'll yeah. never tell anybody. Never, yeah, never tell. You know, that stuff is for you. You can share your reaction to that. And I bet you anything Lynn and has an intention subjective. for that, oh, but sure. he's not going to share what that is. I, I, you know, I bet that I, I, I really want to know like what the creation of that moment was. Me too. It was very personal, but I, it was really great to kind of see the, the show end with, um, a the strong perspective, female woman. Well, that, but the, the, the perspective of his wife, you know, talking to, you know, her husband up in the ether. Have I done enough? I fought for slavery. I attended, you know, the, uh, the creation and the erection of the, the, of the national, of the Washington monument. Um, you know, I founded the first orphanage in New York city. Uh, so, and she's still asking herself, is it enough? Um, so it was really cool just to see the end of the show told through the lens of Hamilton's wife which right. I thought was very That's a really great way of doing it. Yeah. Um so I have trivia. Do you have you, trivia? Uh, I mean yeah, I mean I can What trivia do trivia. you have? Do you wait, how do you how much trivia do you have? It's I have I've you know a couple of good ones. Okay. All right. So, so what uh, we start with yours? Cue the trivia music. Um okay. So oh, no you go first cuz I have to find the good ones. Oh okay. Uh, both uh, Ryan Coogler and Rob Marshall expressed interest in directing an actual film adaptation of the musical. Oh, no. Can you Rob Marshall? Nope. I mean, uh, Chicago's amazing. Don't get me wrong. The Chicago film version of Chicago is, is incredible, but stay away. This yeah. is not yours. I feel like this Just like this is... is I, don't show up to Hamilton, white The issue girls. is now is that Disney owns the rights, and I'm wondering if Lynn has any, like, final say about how it gets adapted. I imagine he would get some say in it, he, right? He did Moana. Right? I think he's got some he's got anyway, some pull. Yeah, so I I hope this is for better or for worse, I hope this is the only filmed version of Hamilton because I do too. This is the way I believe it was intended to be seen. Yes. I don't want the cat's version of this. Um and I mentioned this earlier at the time the show was filmed, John Groff had already left the role of King George. He returned right. especially for this filming. And he provides in character the voice of the pre-show announcer at the beginning of the film, welcoming yes. the audience to the show. So that's John Groff's voice that you hear at the top. Uh, I'll do one. Hamilton started as a mixtape, not a musical. Initially, Miranda said he was working on a concept album inspired by the life of Alexander Hamilton called the Hamilton Mixtape. He had always had an idea of it turning into a stage, but he began a stage presentation, but he began with the idea of a concept album the same way that Andrew Lloyd Webber did Evita and Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this performance of the original Broadway cast of Hamilton was filmed two weeks before the originals departed the show. 
It was originally filmed to be spliced into the documentary Hamilton's America in 2016, uh, but they used clearly used this footage to uh, release the stage mm -hmm. version of it, which I thought was really great. Um, Hamilton wasn't always a sung-through musical. <laughs> Hamilton is sung and rapped from start to finish, but it wasn't always that way. They actually went down the road with a playwright at one point, uh, Lynn said. There's a version of Act 1 where we had songs, and they were the songs that are in the show, but we found that if you start with the opening number, you just you can't go back to speech. <laughs> right. It's just the you ball can't. is... It's really jarring. Yeah. It's really jarring to hear uh, after all that. Yes. Um, Eliza Hamilton also established the first school in our old neighborhood, Washington Heights, mm -hmm. uh, which is the setting of Lynn manuels other play slash film in the Heights, mm -hmm. and where Lynn currently lives. Um... Uh, he wrote, You'll Be Back on His Honeymoon. <laughs> which is the song of the jilted lover. Yep. You know? Which is the song of like, fuck you. Yep. Be, he wrote that back. it's a breakup song between America and England, which is fabulous. Yes. You're leaving me? Really? Well, good luck with that. Right. Um, he wrote the song while on his honeymoon without a piano. Mm. Wow. Yes. What a grace. Uh, go. Oh, I have two more, I think. Okay, go ahead. You don't have any more? I mean, I do. Go, you go. Oh, okay. Uh, this was filmed over the course of three days in June of 2016. It started by filming a live Sunday matinee performance with cameras in the audience, after which the casting crew spent the rest of the day and evening filming the close-ups, the dolly shots, and the crane shots. What a long day. Filming continued all day Monday, which is normally the cast's dark day. That's their day off. With more close-ups and steady cam footage, more filming took place on Tuesday morning before shooting another live performance on Jesus. Tuesday night with cameras again in the audience but in different positions. Did they just have coffee like for an IVs? Lin-Manuel like said it was basically a three-day film shoot with the best rehearsed cast in the history of the movies because we'd all been doing the show for a year at this point, so everyone just knew their stuff. So I'm sure it was... Easier than it sounds, but still, that must have been a very tumultuous three days. Um, at first, Miranda couldn't decide if he wanted to play Hamilton or Burr. Really? At first, he said, I feel an affinity, an equal affinity with Burr. Burr is every bit as smart as Hamilton and every bit as gifted and comes from the same amount of loss as Hamilton. But because of the way they are wired, Burr hangs back where Hamilton charges forward. I feel like I have been Burr in my life as many times as I have been sure, Hamilton. Sure. But eventually, he chose Hamilton. Yeah. I love that. And that's something I really loved about the way he sort of uh, wrote those characters. Like, you can see they're sort of the same like intellect you know mm -hmm. they just go about it in different ways like hamilton's the offense burr's the defense right and i love that comment about how i've been both yeah because the the duality of man you know Tis. um the last one i have the the show's popularity has been credited with the u.s treasury for getting its plan to replace alexander hamilton on the ten dollar bill there we go what but now that uh, this show is so incredibly popular. They're like, you uh, fucking can't do that. Yeah. So. You can't do it. Uh, my last one, Hamilton's set is symbolic. Mm. The designer told Washington Post that when designing the set, he decided on something that looked unfinished mid-construction colonial era building. Uh, and then, like, you see wooden period scaffolding around half of the show. The turntables are on the stage to inspire, like, the whirlwind that we had talked about. Yeah. But the set actually changes in between acts. Hmm. The brick walls, which are actually made of plastic and wood, I was wondering about that, <laughs> uh, behind the scaffolding gets eight feet taller. Wow. Because the country is progressing and the foundation is getting bigger. Hmm. And, uh... Quills and parchment replace the rifles that are hanging on the walls. Oh, interesting. Because the war is over and now it's time to govern. Gotcha. Wow. Yes. Oh, wait, I do have one more. Okay, I'm so ahead. sorry. Um, uh, the biggest issue uh, physically for any of the actors who are not dancers, although I bet you dancers, is the stairs. <laughs> um, it was, uh, who was it? Um, James Monroe Iglehart, who had previously played the genie in Broadway's Aladdin, mm said the he replaced um uh lafayette he said the french accent is not the hardest not the speed of the lyrics or the show it's the stairs <laughs> there are stairs going up stairs going down there's stairs backstage on stage at one point Ooh. uh he did he said i did a cartwheel eight times a week and tap danced in aladdin but in this show i swore and said what is up with the stairmaster show you guys built <laughs> that's amazing yes so um would you recommend 
Hamilton. I absolutely would. And I would not only recommend, but I would plead that everyone watch this. Not only because does it have an incredible message about perseverance, about grit, about acceptance of flaws, about forgiveness, like the list goes on. Not only is it an amazing story about a man and the creation of the nation that we live in, but also too, it's, I think, the only honest homage and honest representation of live theater because it's done so with a live show. Yes. I don't like the performance, live performance things that they do with like Hairspray and uh, Grease and Rocky Horror Show. I don't think those work personally. I think that filming a stage show in the way that it is meant to be performed as a stage show and then filming that that is a great representation of how the story is meant to be told. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's what I think. Uh, and I also think, too, it will remind people that theater is really important. And yeah. there's a certain type of experience that you have with theater that cannot and will not be replaced by film. As yeah. much as I love film and as much as I do love movie musicals, they're, you know, it's so important to our culture. And I think that it's wonderful that they're coming back into popularity. But I think the integrity that comes with the artistic choices, that can get lost in translation. Sure. So I personally think everyone should watch this for the story and also, too, for the right way to see this story. Yeah. What about you? I... Because I didn't say everything. I would wholeheartedly uh, recommend this. I, I agree with everything you said. I feel like... The nice thing is is that storytelling will never go out of style. No. Even if Broadway shutters forever which it won't, but even if it did, we would still find a way to tell stories. Yes. And we would find a way to gather people in the same place because for actors, the original misplaced personality, we, we, need, we need an audience to tell our story and to thrive. So we would just find a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, this hit me for a lot of different reasons. Mm. And again, I agree with everything you just said about sure. uh, the necessity of theater and storytelling and all that. Um, I, th- I think this show uh, really comes along um, not only once in a generation, but now being able to see it, even though you're not there in person, but being able to see a story which is <laughs> true. Uh, it's a true story about very flawed people. Yes. Who create something that is ultimately a, a, a perfect good. Yes. A, a land of, of self-evident laws of, of knowing that all men are created equal, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness away from a tyrannical rule, and let's all be honest, there's a man in the White House right now who wishes to be president for life. A man who has publicly said, wow... I wish we had something like China has because they have a president for life. Why don't we have that? The The grand part of the American experiment, again, is that, like, anyone can run for president. Anyone can run and serve in public office. But look at how flawed and finite and frail uh, these individuals are who ended up creating the country that we live in. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's it's more important than ever to realize that that we we all we all live and are a part of this this great nation. We all have more in common than we do apart. Apart from the 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 partisan bickering and you know uh, Democrats versus Republicans and vice versa and owning the liberals and Republicans are crazy and all this kind of stuff. There there is so much division right now that it was it was really refreshing to see a story of so many people from so many different countries and ideals and backgrounds like come together because we did not want to be ruled by a tyrant and we wanted something better for ourselves we have a grand experiment and here we are tomorrow is 244 years in the making a lot of stuff has worked a lot of stuff has not worked and i think we're seeing a lot of that come to the forefront now as far as like our healthcare system income inequality yeah. Uh, inherent racism in our country, which is one of the things that the show both touched on and shied away from. Yes. 
and as I examined that, it was interesting to me that George Washington's, uh, the fact that Washington owned slaves was never really referenced. I know, I thought Thomas about that Jefferson too. Jefferson was, but also this is Lin-Manuel talking to a black actor. I know. So at the same time, I think that was maybe, a, and I can't speak for Lin or, or what was going on. You can't? I can't, unfortunately. Um, the fact that it is such a multiracial cast kind of takes care of that argument at least for the sake of the show i guess i mean i think that it's not that it like it it excuses slavery but at the same time the the message in the show because it is so multiracial um predominantly black i would say maybe diffuses that argument a little bit for the sake of the show i think that racism i think that it's because it's portrayed by people that are not white let's just call it that yeah yeah because it's portrayed by people that are not white that is evident in and of itself that the the people and the things that they had done that were not right that were not just that did not make for a the America that we want to see, which is why I think we have Black Lives Matter yes. happening. Yes, um, and why so many people are on the side of Black Lives Matter now right. than they were four years ago. I think it speaks to the... I don't think that we need they needed to talk about it because it's evident that that is something that is in the process of changing. Yes. Perhaps. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a part of the story itself. Yes. So I feel like uh, uh, that sort of racism, class warfare... Um, all of that stuff, all of those elements are part of a good story if it's sure. told well, mm-hmm. and this one is told well. Yes. Um, so again, like the, there were so many heavy themes that weighed upon me, like watching it, because it you you can almost look at this story and be like, wow, look how young and innocent we were. I know. Two hundred forty four years ago. Look at where we are now. But also at the same time, what I'm really encouraged by is a lot of people, especially since 2018 mm-hmm. and the elections that we've had. Um, a lot of people are just like, fuck this. I'm going to run. Oh yeah. You know, you don't Women need, especially. you don't need to be perfect yeah. to make a positive change. Yeah. Like I'm going to run for office. Like I'm, I'm serving, uh, you know, greasy food and slices of pie at the diner one day. And then I just decide to run for public office mm-hmm. and, and really enact the change that I wish to see because there's so much injustice that I see. Mm-hmm. So the time that we're living in now, this moment, this these movements we're living in now, especially coming up to November, right? There's so much on the front burners culturally right now, um, that is so weighty and so important, and I hope that that work continues forward. Um, so it inspired me to, uh, to like really put my money where my mouth is, and, and hopefully we'll inspire people to do this. And really quickly, one other thing I wanted to note is that I also too really specifically. Um, want to call out how I think, again, we've already touched on how important it is that this cast, when cast in local productions or whatever, maintains that casting. Yes. The, That's the, so crucial and so important. the integrity of the show. I remember when I was in A Year with Frog and Toad, the guy who was cast as Frog was black, and one of the letters that he got from one of the little kids said, it was so great to see someone like me on stage. Wow. A little yeah. black girl. And like, where we're from, from Portland, Oregon, like, that's a pretty like non-diverse town and it's this is another example of slowly but surely we're not there yet we still have work to do do. but to be able to have somebody go to a show and see themselves represented on stage Mm -hmm. is huge and something that we can't back away from or shy away from and and Um, another great part again was like the, the collective work we can do together even though you may have a different opinion than me. Yeah. We may be voting for the for a different per, not in real life. Megan and I right. are voting for the same person. But we are, you know, we may see differently on a lot of topics, but right. at the same time like I think I think in the end we all want the same thing. We all want to be happy and free of pain and able to pursue what makes us excited about life. Yes. That's that's it. If what makes you excited about life is torturing baby ducks, maybe go talk to a psychiatrist or a therapist. Yes. And just draw pictures. Um, uh, the other thing I was going to say, too, and this is something that, again, I'm tying in with a lot that I'm learning about ways that I can improve, is if you are a woman and you have played a role that was originated or meant for someone that is black, Hispanic, Latino, whatever... If you've played it, take it off your resume. Hmm. 
I do not care if it was a lead. I do not care if it was an amazing playhouse. It is offensive to keep that on your resume. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of roles that I am taking off of my resume because that should not be there to give anybody any ideas that that kind of casting is okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's another thing that we can do. Yeah. Um, the work that we have yet to do and how far we've come and how far we still need to go. Yes. So. Uh, at any rate, we got on a tirade we there. Did. We sure yes. did. We are passionate about things, aren't well, we? Yeah, because you're dealing with history. You're dealing with true stories. You're dealing with more or less factual information. Yes. But the themes still resonate 250 years later. So this is just shot. This is just good, good storytelling. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you haven't it. watched Hamilton yet, just... Do it at some point this weekend. And, do, do your country a service. And now we are very excited. We already know what our next movie is going to be, but Stafford's given us a bit of a tip if you tuned in last week that we're not going to tell you. you got to follow us on Instagram to That's find right. out what next week's movie is going to be. That's right. So follow us on Instagram or Twitter. The handle is Simac, S-I-M-A-C podcast, to find out what our next movie is going to be. Please subscribe and share. Remember that all donations, or sorry, all sponsorship money that we make for June and for July is going to go to the NAACP uh, Legal Defense and Education Fund. Um, So if you can't donate, then you share the shit out of this podcast, because the more listens that we get the more money that we get out of sponsorships. That's right. Um, I think that's everything. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for spending your 4th of July weekend with us. Have a very safe and happy holiday. Please don't Please set wear masks and uh, physically distance. Um, and don't light your apartment on fire like that unfortunate person in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, please be careful out there. Um, don't have fights with Roman candles. And, Even though they're uh, really fun. Right. Yes. <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, Yeah, be safe. Thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Bye! Bye. Alexander Hamilton! What's his name, man?